This is Bluebird Integrative Pediatrics Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Sherry Standing. Join me as I connect with other professionals whose work parallels my own. Parents wonder if they have what it takes to make their kids healthy. I believe that they do. Tune in while I talk to my guests as we explore integrative and functional medicine topics as they relate to kids. Hi, we're here today with Steve and Deanne Bryce from Brightside Kitchen in West Des Moines, and they have their restaurant in the on the first floor of the Mercy Health and Fitness Center, a plant-based restaurant. And um, so I'm just excited to talk with them about their past. I, I'd like to hear about your transformation. What happened 10 years ago? Mm. Well, 10 years ago, we were running a restaurant in Minnesota, in rural Minnesota, and we were, um, it was just standard American diet, burgers and fries and milkshakes. Pizza, and, fried chicken. And I remember somebody said to me, um, do you have any vegan options? And I said, I don't know what those are. So I went back and I asked Steve, what are vegan? What, what's <laughs> and so he tried to explain the difference between a vegetarian and a vegan. And I'm like trying to get it. So anyway, that was my first introduction to 100% plant-based food. But from there, we just started learning more about what um, eating the standard American diet. We didn't even know that's what it was called at that point, what it does, what it's doing to our health. And as business owners, we wanted to do something that we felt good about. And we were feeling less and less the more we studied good about the food we're giving people. But what made you study it? What made you get curious about even changing? Because that's kind of unusual. I suppose just a couple different things that happened. Steve's mom, you can talk about your mom a little bit. Yeah, she was uh, not celiac, but intolerant to to wheat. And uh, so she experimented with, with baking gluten-free. And, and of course I did as well, just to see because I love to bake bread mm-hmm. with wheat bread, especially the naturally leavened. And so that was a start. Our son also had acne from the time he was a teenager until his 20s. And it, on his own, he researched and found that if you eliminated dairy and wheat from your diet, uh, it stood a chance of clearing up your skin. And you know, he had taken tetracycline since he was... 14, 15 years old, and he was 22 or three years old. That's a long time. And sure enough, he ate that way, and he was he was strict about it. He's very disciplined, and uh, while still working at the restaurant. So, you know, he could do it with the ingredients that we had there uh, and survive and thrive, but his skin cleared. Huh. Yeah. Just that, and it took probably just two months yeah. So that doesn't surprise you? Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I tell people that all the time. They don't always believe me, but it's It's highly true. doable. Yeah, there's a very old study. It's, Is there? It's, yeah, there, it's been researched. There's a very old study connecting dairy with acne. Mm. Yeah. When you see people with acne, does it make you want to, like, tell them right yeah. now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 
say, guess what? <laughs> Sometimes you have to be more subtle. Uh, yeah, I, I know you can't. I just wondered if in your mind you want to, because <laughs> you want to help them. Well, Deanne, you had had uh, for years a sinus mm -hmm. issues, yeah. let's just say. And so you experimented going off dairy, and lo and behold, the sinus and the ears cleared up. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I also, you just observe the customers coming in, and you know, you, you read and you pay any attention to the media at all, the obesity and the chronic disease that comes with it, you can't help but know that you have any awareness at all that you're contributing to that. Mm -hmm. I always say that, you know, when we first started, I'd hear, when I was in the kitchen, I could hear the customers come in, you know, you'd be excited. But towards, and over time, you'd hear little kids come in or, and you'd say, boy, I hope they share. I hope they split. Well, that's a really bad business model to hope that you don't do business. And uh -huh. that's just. To hope they don't eat what you're exactly. making. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, whoa, wait a minute. So we started to slowly change uh, some of the offerings that we made. Uh, we started serving this thing I call rice plates. And it was just some brown rice and some sauce and had a salad and a slaw and I remember that uh, we were told you won't sell one of those things well we did because the customers had enough of our regular standard menu that they trusted the food and they tried it and they liked it and they mm -hmm. looked forward to it the end would post on I think it was Facebook at that time yeah. social media was all there was and they'd see what rice plate we had that day and they'd come for that so there was a little bit of encouragement in that. Um, and I guess on a trip one time, we took some books to read, and one of them was Michael Pollan's, I think the Almamor's Dilemma, or one of those, where, mm -hmm. you know, eat plants, basically. Yeah. What um, your great-grandmother would recommend. Exactly. <laughs> if you read a label and she wouldn't have known what it was, don't put don't it back it. on the shelf. Yeah. Don't. You know. So... Um, we also taught cooking classes up there and uh, in Minnesota, and just to see how people's desire to learn and to change um, was was always present. Um, they just needed the ideas. They needed the help. They needed the, the encouragement to do it. So. And your background is in yeah, is I in, I. Was, industrial agriculture. Yeah, I was raised on a farm and uh, went to school at Iowa State and, you know, was fully trained and fully in the model of big agriculture. And then worked in the meat industry for you know, at least 25 years, um, mainly all throughout the plant, but mainly on the, the live side, if you will, in other words, with the cattle and hogs for a time too, but on the slaughter side, harvest side as they call it now. Harvest, uh, they call it harvest. Yeah, because it oh. sounds nicer than slaughter. Oh, I see. So uh -huh. <laughs> it's all in a name. Uh, I was really bugged by. I was working for a plant in Pennsylvania. We used to buy cattle out of Illinois and Iowa, even Minnesota, parts of Nebraska. And it's it's a long ways. And when you consider that, you know, twenty some percent of the weight that you're hauling back there is simply ponch material that's going to be spread on the field. 
just how grossly inefficient it is. Just, mm -hmm. I mean, it made sense economically. You know, it was profitable to do it. Therefore, we did it. It's a business. But it just, I don't know, there's something inside of me that just turned that this isn't. So then, you know, you know, cattle, and not to pick on beef, but they don't convert feed very efficiently. They're not yeah. designed to eat a lot of grain. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, conversions of, at best in the sixes, but seven, eight pounds of grain per one pound of yeah. live beef. Yeah. And then only 63% of that is carcass and only about 60 some percent, depending on what cuts you make of that is actually packaged meat. And then by the time you trim that and bone that, you know, it's just to me, I can remember sitting in a class at Iowa State in agronomy, first year agronomy, and he made the case of how much food we grow, corn and soybeans, it's potentially food, but mostly choose for feed. And how many people that could feed, and then he threw up on the graphic how many animals we were feeding. It's, and I, even as a freshman in college, it's like, why are we doing this? Yeah. So my mm -hmm. questioning of the industry goes way back. Way back. Uh -huh. Just. But even though you questioned it, you still kind of went on your that little the, track. That the was inertia, mm -hmm. the inertia of it just carried you on because you know you've got a family to provide for, and mm -hmm. it's like me doing conventional medicine. Exactly, for 30 years. I get it. Yeah, and then you just keep gradually coming around to it. Just doesn't feel philosophically and ethically right what you're doing. So you've got to change, mm -hmm. and it's it's takes energy to do what you what you did because the and, machine is going in this direction yeah. and you're saying wait a minute let's turn right and just that, that mm -hmm. just that inertia just carries you hard dragging uh -huh. you along. yeah yeah but now talk about what you're doing now what you kind of food you make and some of the sure. so we um our, our menu is 100 percent plant-based so that means we don't have any um any meat, obviously. We don't have any dairy. We don't have eggs. And um, it's an opportunity to be really creative, to think about the types of food that we used to make. And it's like, how could we make that not without those products? And then Steve, he's the one who does the cooking. He gets to be very creative and come up with new new ways of combining food. And then sometimes we'll think that, oh, yeah, let's try this. And then we'll look on the Internet and somebody's already done it, which is helpful. Then you yeah. can start to do it. So anyway, we have some of the things that we serve are actually extensions of what we served in our other restaurant because we want the food to taste really good. We want people who aren't used to eating plant-based food to come in and and get um, what we call, let's say, a piadina, and they taste it, and they're like, oh, this is good, and they crave it, and they want to come back. But you know that they're craving it because it satisfied them, not because mm -hmm. we have any little tricks of the, the fat and the sugar and you know the oils and stuff that usually attracts people to keep coming back, mm -hmm. that it's more like it's it's fresh and they feel good after they eat it. Yeah, it's nourishing, mm -hmm. but some familiarity. Yeah, uh -huh. but yet it's fun. Yeah. So, and um, we also do these things we call bright side bowls. And half of the bowl is hot and half of it's cold. And that was one of the things that we really wanted to do here in a health and fitness center is to provide a hot meal because 
people think, oh, you can just grab a sandwich or a smoothie or something at a place like what they think Bright Side is. But then when they learn that we actually are cooking and they can smell the food when they come in, they can smell the onions cooking and the soup being made and stuff. So then they can actually eat a whole meal here and they feel satisfied and they really like that. So, yeah, that's um I wanted to tell a little story about what Steve was saying earlier about that we felt sometimes we didn't want people to order the food. Yesterday we had a customer who um, the exact opposite happened is she's been, she came to know us because she's getting cancer treatment here in this kind of complex. So that's how she came to know us and her kids really won't eat right sides food. And she just keeps trying to get them to eat it. And so yesterday, uh, we had this new sandwich. And so we said, here. And so one of the kids said they'd have it. And so um, the other one later said he, wa he wanted it. And she came back and she goes, normally I would tell him tough. But she said, I want him to eat it. <laughs> and so it kind of reminded me of, will you feel good about the food now? Yeah, you want him to eat it. Yeah. It's healthy. That yeah. means they're... They're developing a taste for vegetables. For vegetables. Yeah. But they can learn that vegetables can be really good. So, uh -huh. And I've seen, like, in, in the cooking classes that you do, mm -hmm. you have ways of getting vegetables into things sometimes so kids don't notice it. Like, that <laughs> tomato sauce had so many vegetables in it, and it was just pureed and smooth. And one of the moms went home and made it, and she sent me a picture of her baby eating it. His face was covered with tomato sauce. <laughs> And my kids loved it. Oh, good. good, good That's good and to hear. somebody else has stopped in here and had cheese, well, cheese sauce. I assume what, you make it with cashews or something? Uh, not many. Not many. The majority of it is actually navy beans. Oh. There's cauliflower. There is a little bit of cashews. But and there's carrots. There's carrots for the color to make it nacho cheese color and then potatoes. Oh. And the rest is just nutritional yeast and, and your... Um, usual suspects to make it savory um it's pretty healthy mm -hmm. i think in uh, a gallon of it there's only a half cup of oil uh -huh. which why do i even bother with a half cup in a gallon but it's a little bit of mouthfeel but uh yeah it's actually really good, good. so they had the cheese in yeah one of the dishes mm -hmm. yeah. yeah she had it here mm-hmm and she wants you to make her a gallon of it. <laughs> <laughs> Put on macaroni yeah. and mac and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's deceptively good. Uh -huh. uh, and you can feel good about it because of like the the navy beans and the well, all that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you compare it to some of the bowling alley cheese, not to pick up bowling alleys, but you know, the nacho cheese stuff that you get out of those squirt bags that mm -hmm. Boy, the label on that stuff is awful. <laughs> so, Velveeta. Like yeah. We used to have Velveeta when I was <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not even cheese. Yeah. You can't call it cheese. No. Mm. Well, is, is there anything else you'd like to tell about? or? Um, I guess one other fun, there's a lot of fun stories from the cafe. Another fun story that is fun to tell is, um, there was an older couple and they've never purchased anything from us and that's fine, but they walk by cause they exercise here. And one day they called me over and they said, Hey, can you, 
can you help me with a cooking question? And I said, well, here, Steve, <laughs> come on out. And they wanted to know how to peel um, ginger because oh. they were going to make a stir fry at home with cabbage and ginger. And so Steve talked to them and explained how to, you know, peel the ginger and, you know, how to dice it up and, and saute it for a stir fry. So then they came back a couple of days later and we said, how was it? And they said, it was great. We had turkey to put in it and we didn't even need to put the turkey in it. The oh, cabbage was just... so good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and you don't even think that they would be trying something like that just from, you know, you make it assessments in your head and you think oh they're just eating the standard american diet they don't care they're not paying attention but no they were they paying were attention yeah mm -hmm. so that was cool you have to really admire people mm -hmm. yeah so how tell us how people can get in touch with you and find you and probably the best way is if you can if you're using social media is facebook every morning i post kind of what's going on and that came about as a customer was asking for that and so I post what we're featuring that day or sometimes I'll post link it to other articles about nutrition or something like that so Facebook is a good way and then Instagram is a good way and then if you're not interested in either of those social media things um, we have a website so it's at brightsidekitchen.com so okay. thank you thank yeah. you for what, everything you do I'm thanks really Really impressed. Cool. And it's good food. <laughs> I love it. Thanks. We appreciate all your support. Yes. So. <laughs> You've reached the end of another episode of Bluebird Integrative Pediatrics Radio with Dr. Sherry Standing. Thanks for listening. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at bluebirdintegrativepediatrics.com. It would mean the world to us if you could leave a review at iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you.